Welcome to Bedknobs and Broom Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals as our fair familiars and witches in history. Sorry, this show will include spoilers. You have been warned, but for the love of all that's holy, <laughs> if you do not know how this goddamn story goes, even if it's not the Disney version, both Disney Live and animated versions... I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. my name is Jane, and clearly I'm a little bit salty at the idea of this being a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Linda, but uh, as norm- as usual, you can call me the cheese. And this week, I am a magical singing cheese plate. <laughs> I'm just imagining like one of the creatures gets turned into a piece of cheese and they don't realize it until the last horrible minute. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Wait, did you hear something? No, I don't think so. It's like, <laughs> it's like the singing vegetables from like the Muppets. It's like, do I ever have eaten or, <laughs> or is it just the fact they can sing? They're like easily an uh, like, sausage easily party. <laughs> Or there was also an episode of uh, Tales from the Dark Side. (laughs) So anyway. Anyways, uh, probably she also didn't say we have a special guest. Um, For those of you Mm -hmm. in the know, I had my baby, so I am no longer large. I still feel large, but I'm no longer as large as I was. And he is joining us today. So we have Janerson the Younger with us. Janerson... (laughs) The elder is currently downstairs with their dad. <laughs> so, Yay. so, so Jason the younger suddenly makes a noise or anything. I will probably pause. So, but yes, he is here and just sleeping peacefully, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I have to admit that um, while you were like toward the tail end of your pregnancy, I was really like I I know I offered you. Um, I said that like somebody else can step in and we could have a special guest host while. Um, while you're, you know, being pregnant. And I was really hoping that you would take it, take me up on it because I wanted to have my brother Donnie on here saying, like, my name is Jane and I'm pregnant with my little baby burrito. We named him burrito on the fact that that is what we were enjoying when he was conceived. Okay. I, <laughs> I have been watching the Righteous Gemstone second season, and that just reminded me of one of their characters. And so, off, Donnie is totally free to insert himself anywhere at this point and interest himself as my, as me. Because I want to know how that will sound. But anyways, you just remind me of one of the characters, a couple of the characters from Righteous Gemstones, and I'm just like, okay. So when I read, I'm a really slow reader because I, I picture everything, and I have to like have this picture in my mind of the the main characters and. Um, I, I've been reading the third book in the Kill the Farm Boy series, and there's, um, this swole centaur boy who's, um, who's, I, in my mind, he is, um, what's his, his name? The, uh, the friend of the youngest, um, gemstone brother and. Oh, uh, God, uh. I That's just watched it. He has like a very particular name. It's like it's not like Steph, but it's like like he he goes yeah. by a very particular name. Yeah, I just watched a second season and I'm just like, oh god, it got because 
my husband and I were watching it for a while together, and I was like, I just need something to watch while I'm um, breastfeeding my kid. And I decided to watch that, and I'm just like, holy shit, it's kind of more homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those shows that luckily – like it doesn't go on too long. It goes on just right. And it doesn't have the filler episodes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like, always funny. Well, and I was, it's this season has ever featured more John Keith. Thank you. K E E F E. Um, that's it. Keith. Yeah. I, I was kind of like, I, it's something that makes me a reminder of reefer, but I knew it could be reef. So I was like, I, maybe it's like <laughs> step. <laughs> yeah. I think you were close. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like this season a little bit more because John Goodman's uh, featured a bit more. I just love John Goodman as an actor. I do and too. I don't know I if you've him. seen the second season, but his his background is just fascinating. So I've seen all of them. Oh, right? good. Oh, god, good. it's just like it gets even better. It's just I know. Like, I can't. Wait. I'm hoping for a third. Amazing. So. I love the but whole yeah. cast and oh, yeah. um and uh baby Billy. <laughs> oh, baby Billy. <laughs> Tiffany, <Yeah>. Aunt Tiffany, <laughs> Aunt Tiffany. <laughs> I love oh, the, the I love the bus. It's like like this. Is your daughter? No, she's my aunt. What? <laughs> like the bus driver. So <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's just so good. And that's um Walter Goggins playing um Baby Billy. <laughs> I just I love him too because he is just. He like as an actor, he's just next level. I just like the fact that they had Macaulay Culkin in there just to like play oh, right. his like all this stuff. Yes. Just... I forgot about that. Another person I love. Yeah, um, but I'm it, sorry, we're not. That's okay. We're so distracted. <laughs> I, you What's know, it, the difference between this and any other episode? It's been so long since it recorded, and also it's like I've. I've been so wrapped up. I mean, you spend the first like two weeks after giving birth, once you get home from the hospital, I is I have almost like worn no clothes whatsoever because it's <laughs> it's like I'm like you see because you're breastfeeding. It's like why should I even put pants on? There's no point in putting pants on. So it's like yeah, it's just it's putting myself together for to do anything was a challenge for a while. <laughs> I'm only five weeks in, by the way, and I'm going back to work tomorrow. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, I mean, for, for any of you concerned out there for why I'm going back so early, um, first off, we in the state that we live in, um, both Linda and I have a really good, um, paid family leave paid by our state. Um, so it's, it's a decent amount of time, but both mom, both, both parents, um, get it. And so I, I'm taking my medical leave that's going to be paid by the state. I already took that. And then uh, my husband's going to take his during tax season. And I'm going to take mine afterwards. So also get some bonding time. I'm not going back to work for five weeks because someone's forcing me back. It's just we're organizing this a little differently. So don't worry. I'm not being abused. I want to go back to my office because I got to get stuff done. And somebody's going to stay here. So we're not strapped so i just it sounded so bad i was like yeah it's five weeks and i'm going back to work it's like oh maybe maybe somebody might be concerned it's like no no we actually are very fortunate and very lucky well so, and luckily you you also like your job too so i do i i do love my job and i'm gonna be working from home a couple of days a week so it's not like i'm gonna be gone. it's 
so different from when I had my first, where it was like trying to hunt down daycare and, you know, it's like two, three months old. It's like, why am I doing this to my baby? It's like, we have more time now. So, and I don't was, know about the, the other states, but in this state, do, do daycare is one of the reasons that I didn't have kids. Like, who the hell can afford it? We got lucky with a family daycare. Like, that was the cheapest Oof. option we had. And that was very lucky. Um, like, family in-home daycare. So, oh, but, wow. Yeah, outside yeah. of that, it's it's really difficult to find something. Because it was, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, one of our jobs was basically to pay for daycare. But it's like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, because for me, I know we, we looked at it and it was like, well, um, at that rate, I may as well not be working because that money would just go into, you know, daycare anyway. So, you know, the Carla was saying, well, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to be a housewife. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more of this magical lifestyle <laughs> it's not it's honestly not a magical lifestyle i mean i i do not normally like hanging out with people but man just being around other humans can have an adult conversation with that was something i did miss when i was at home um so it's it, there's definitely a reason to be at work if you at least be like, need to have an adult conversation so Anyways, yeah. and also we didn't want to derail either of our careers, so especially mine, because mine was actually taking off. My husband was still working, going back to school. So, yeah, there was a lot of different things there was with my first. Anyways, that we're ten sense. minutes in. <laughs> we haven't okay. mentioned what the episode Hi. is. Hi, we're catching up. Also, we like enjoy people. We're anyway, talking we're doing... about the righteous gemstones. <laughs> this is called <laughs> the Righteous Hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is there a podcast for the Righteous Gemstones? Because I will. Um... Did Probably, we just yes. come up with an idea? <laughs> Trademarked. We're doing that. We're gonna look. I want to look back at all those episodes and just talk about them. Anyways, but we are going to talk about the animated Disney version of Beauty and the Beast, not the live action. Though I'm sure at some point we'll cover that um, because there are. I'm probably even going to mention a couple of key things about the live action one. So with with, I'm just going to let everybody know. I like the live action one more. I said it. I can get as much hate as I want. I actually like the live action one more. After rewatching the animated one and watching the live action one, there is, I I will talk about more as we go through, but I like the live action one more. And I know it's not popular opinion because a lot of people don't like it, but I also did not like the live action Aladdin. And a lot of people seem to like that one, so I don't get it. The, oh, you like the. Yeah, we saw that together, didn't we? Yeah, with the we did with the menfolk. Well, it's yeah with the menfolk. I like how my husband did get up and leave when they sang a whole new world. (laughs) But I mean, I'll be clear about my feelings for the live action one. I had no problem with Will Smith for live action Aladdin. Um, I felt that the um, love interest, the actual chemistry between the um, the two main leads, was non-existent. Yeah. And it bugged me. Like, they felt so uninterested in each other. <laughs> so I was just, I could not get into it. And it's like they almost overplayed their hand with the uh, that one white prince. Like, the one white yeah. prince in the entire goddamn movie. Like, he was almost about to get a show. I think that character was actually going to get a show out of this. Like, a Disney Plus show. Oh. Yeah, no, I know. I was like... Okay, I think we we took a, a wrong message out of that one, but that's my 
What would also my feelings on live action Aladdin? I honestly did not care for it. I've never rewatched that one versus like live action Beauty and the Beast. I've actually watched a lot of times and have enjoyed it. So do you um, know what it is about the live action one that you like more? Um, a better development of Belle's character. Um, she's a lot more. Um, uh, I'd like to hmm. say that she is more in control of her own destiny. It feels like in this one, so she's better developed. Gaston is strangely better developed, and it's more entertaining um, to watch him and LeFou's interactions. Um, I think yeah. that I like Kevin Connolly's um, portrayal of Belle's father. He's a lot more, um, even though this father, clearly, Maurice, in the animated version, clearly does love Belle. But yeah. there's a really great scene in... Um, the live action version where Chris Connolly's Maurice character basically tells Gaston because Gaston's trying to like smooth him to convince him to give Belle's hand in marriage. He goes like, you will never marry my daughter. Like it is the most forceful thing where he realized that, yeah, Gaston's also asleep. Whereas Maurice kind of doesn't seem to see that Gaston's kind of a dick <laughs> in yeah. the animated version. So there's, there's a lot more that I like. And yeah, we can say like, yes, Emma Watson's singing is not up to par with um, the, I mean, yes, I can, I can nitpick as well that there are issues there, but I just like the development of all the characters. I like that there were more, and this more relates to um, how the stage production was also made is there were actual stakes related to why not only did they want to be human again, because they don't want to be, you know, houseware, but the live action version, there's more of a, no, we're going to die, basically. <laughs> we're going to yeah. die if he does not become human again. So it's like we're just going to be plates stuck for, stuck as plates where it's like, no, we're literally going to turn to something else. And that's basically our death. So it's, I like that stakes as well. So well, originally there was supposed to be a song. Um, what was it like human again or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, that would play while, um, Maurice, her dad, would was um, out looking for her, trying to find uh, Beast's uh, castle, castle again. again. Yeah. But um, it, originally it was 11 minutes, and they're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know this is for mainly for kids, right? Like, they don't have attention spans like that. So um, they shortened it, but still they felt like it was just, it, it just didn't fit. And so yes. uh, they they dropped it out. But it, it is kind of unfortunate that you lose that whole thing of of like them singing about, you know, wanting to be human again and um, like longing to be human again. Yeah, it's well, and you were talking about the human again. There's again in, in the Broadway production and also I, I've only seen the, the Broadway in quotes production um, performed by uh, um, and elementary school and they even mentioned the will be stuck um you know turn into inanimate objects so like i said it gets back into those heavier stakes and that's one of the reasons i like it so i like that version more um but that's just me that's my opinion I oh, find that makes guess. sense yeah so anyways <laughs> like it has nothing it has nothing to do with like whether or not you know because everybody complains about and watson singing like fine they can make that as your complaint or the dress wasn't as nice as this version. It's like, yes, but one's animated, one's not. I don't clothing, blah, whatever. <laughs> I have to admit, like, I'm not a very girly girl, but like I ever since I was a little girl, I wanted a wedding dress to be like her golden dress. 
<laughs> and, and like I didn't get it, but um, it I'll was be honest. So I'll be honest. My dream wedding dress was um, uh, Princess Garnets from Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> the <laughs> end. It was either that or crossing Venus from Final Fantasy Ten. <laughs> so clearly, I had different dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my wedding dresses look like that in my head. <laughs> so. Well, um, anyways, you know, I, I, got... oh, I, I feel like her, Emma Watson's singing wasn't bad, but I can no. definitely say say that it it wasn't up to as powerful. Yeah, she doesn't have as the range. Um, so it's, but yeah, it's, and also even like some of the, um. You know, Lemire and Mrs. Potts, even though, again, the reason we're doing Beauty and the Beast is because the late, great Angela Lansbury passed away. And, you know, her rendition, obviously, of um, Beauty and the Beast is absolutely timeless and beautiful. Um, and um, I almost want to call her Emma Potts. I was like, no, that's not <laughs> name, you idiot. <laughs> Speaking of which, while, while we're at it... Um, we were going to do a, like a deep dive on um, Dame Angela Lansbury, but we already did that in our first episode. I know. Um, it was like, yeah, because we're, we're kind of honoring the fact that, yes, she has passed away and it was a very sad day. She's done so, so much. I mean, I'm probably also going to mention Sweeney Todd in here at some point because, uh, God damn, I love Sweeney Todd <laughs> so much. I will watch, I will listen to that any day of the week because that's probably one of my favorite performances of hers is this and she's love just it. amazing and um and if you if you want to go i know so many podcasts are like don't listen to our first episode please <laughs> but but really if you if if you want to hear more about uh dame angela lansbury then listen to our first episode it's on uh bed knobs and broomsticks i think yep. we call it uh Eglin's best <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember why we did. I mean, that, but because that is of her we, name, her oh, name was something like Eglund or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I just remember that's where we got like, what's that got to with my knob? Basically, that stuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, really? You guys. Anyways, were, uh, I think it was my birthday. Jane got me this. Got me like a lot of awesome things, but one of them was uh, this like bumper sticker that's. <laughs> That has like an outline, a silhouette of of her character in bed knobs and broomsticks on the 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 broom, and like I think she's got a helmet on, and it says so like witches fighting Nazis since. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so fucking and, great! I know. I I tried to do my best. I mean, like I I'm still I think right now the one I'm proud of stuff has nothing to do with our podcast, but the chicken days cattle calendar was like oh, oh my, my god, god that's amazing yeah she got me this amazing for christmas she got me this amazing calendar of chicken daddies <laughs> you want to explain what chicken daddies are no <laughs> okay <laughs> look up on etsy that's where i got it from if anybody's curious what chicken daddies oh. are look up on etsy yes yeah they, they have a video men um in in like daisy dukes and um like tutus really sometimes tutus, yep yeah 
With their um, t- chickens dressed up as well. You have to admire the chickens. <laughs> There's a video on the Etsy website, by the way, for the calendar, so you can watch them getting ready. Oh, my God. I- I'll send you the link later. <laughs> and it's so perfect because we, we used to have this calendar in our um in our kitchen that was our favorite so far. It was the um Fancy Chickens. Mm-hmm. And you found the perfect replacement. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to. I just saw that. I'm like, holy shit, somebody needs to own this. I'm like, oh, Linda yeah. needs to own this. She Anyways. also got me an awesome pickless cage ornament and a uh, Nicholas. Oh, is it like a lawn gnome? It looks like glow in the dark. It possibly. does. It glows in the dark. Oh, my God. I know. I was. There were options for colors, and one of them was like oh glow in the God. dark. I'm like that. Why? It's even more perfect. But it's a law gnome with Nicholas Cage's face, and it's at my work right now. <laughs> I mean, you're the one who got me the gnome holding a like nine millimeter riding a unicorn with a cat. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. I like, saw that and I was like, I could not get it. <laughs> my husband looked at it and was so confused. I'm like, it's from Linda. Like, it's like <laughs> he's still trying to make sense of it because he, he was like trying to go like, where the fuck did this come from? And I'm like, Linda, God, don't, don't ask. Just, just shh. go to sleep. <laughs> We're gonna find a nice place to put this. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Anyways, back to the anime thing. So I guess I basically made my point. Um, briefly, I'll probably mention a couple other things about the live action differences. But again, I'd rather cover the live action in full because I think there's a lot more to talk about. Um, anyways, animation version. So I have a couple of little little weirdies because, like, I mean, I'm sure that for most of us, I was. God, this came out in like 1990, 91. So I would have been like. Seven, almost seven at that point. I was the ripe old age of ten. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> so did you actually? Because you know, you're you probably weren't completely out of it yet, but you were getting to that age where it's like, eh, animated movies, bleh. I'd rather listen to, I don't know, boy band of the ninety one oh, era. Um, I was a strange little girl because like i was not (laughs) i was not into boy bands i couldn't stand boy bands and like all my friends were yeah yeah, all my friends were into like in uh was it backstreet boys and and all that but me i was just like i like oingo boingo (laughs) And, and i like I, I feel like uh, it's it's cool to be goth now, and everybody's like all about um, Wednesday. It's cool to like Marvel movies and that. I was actually talking to somebody else about going like you know, people can criticize the Marvel movies all they want, but god damn it, did I really need this fandom when I was a teenager? Because I really? was so alone. Oh yeah, no, no, I was not a. a <laughs> It's how many people read comics in high school and middle school. So like now that uh, yeah. this exists, I'm just like, oh, I don't care like how bad they are. I'm here for them just because it's like everybody's so spoiled. In fact, like, oh, well, now they exist. And we're going to like, yeah, you can criticize some of them and nitpick. But goddamn, we did not have this when we were kids. So enjoy what you're getting right now on this one. Exactly. Like my my brother and I were really into comics kids. Um, We loved the uh, X-Men cartoon. Oh, and Animated X-Men is bomb. Oh, so. God, yeah. But, like, um, yeah, it, it was not cool to be the nerd, and now it is. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's 
it's yeah, the world's turned upside down. But um, and same when you're right with goth. Same with Wednesday. It's like yeah, like yeah. We, especially like I've been rewatching like the Adams Family. Um, yeah, me too. With uh, oh god, <laughs> with um, uh, Raul Julia and Aunt Angelica Houston and everything. I love and, Raul Julia so much. Oh, I do too. And even in the Christina Ricci, I'm just like I'm finding so much love for them right now. They're like oh my god, yes. this, these are great movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes and angelica houston like it, it was just i don't know it was it like the casting was perfect oh but, yeah um well i, I was have surprised my own... oh go ahead with yeah, wednesday go ahead. because oh, yeah, no, like I... um i mean <laughs> it's been a long time since i've liked anything by um um oh my god why am i tim burton oh yeah no it, it, it... Tim Byrne has a lot of ups and downs and a lot of downs mm. lately. So it's, it's, I agree. It's been really hard to be like, eh, really guys? And it's so hard to beat the Adams family of the nineties that you and I love. Cause the fact that they even yes. made a sequel that was good. Yeah. Like, the se- like, the- like eat me. <laughs> <laughs> I think about every Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think of the pilgrims. And I think of, dressed up as a turkey singing eat me <laughs> i just think a wednesday speech where she's like no yes. <laughs> we will not drink i mean it's just and it's so cringe do it's not like, trust oh, the pilgrims <laughs> especially sarah miller <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just their little thing when they get stuck in that like um in that house um whatever oh, where yeah. they're stuck. it's like like we must escape it's like but it's disney <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like that. When I was a kid, I was, I was like Wednesday before Wednesday was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even I was kind of impressed with how, like, at first I was like, okay, I have watched enough, um, uh, you know, like, I mean, cause you make fun of me for liking things like Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and CW and shows. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, and to me, I was reading school, like, it almost sounded like another kind of CW show. And there was some things in there. I was like, yeah. especially with it being based in high school and everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's getting kind of CW ish, but still enjoyed it. So I was like, but I didn't think you'd like, cause I was like, huh, I wonder if Linda would like this. Cause there's a lot of CW type feel to yeah. it as well. I, I loved it, but it did have those moments where it was just a little cringy mm-hmm. where it's just like mm, <laughs> like a little two teen drama but i i loved it nonetheless like overall oh yeah but uh yeah anyways so <laughs> we're clearly way catching up um i want to at least um also bring up because like i said some of the weirdsies in the anime that you never notice um especially like i said i was seven six or seven probably when this came out um first off um getting past the whole entire opening where it's really great. It's not as pretty of animation, in my opinion, as Little Mermaid was with the waves and everything. So that's one of the things I think I talked about when we covered Little Mermaid was just, I love the animation style and I miss that style. Like I love some yeah. current Disney movies that are out there. Like Moana is like now up in one of my top 10 of Disney movies, but like, I, I miss that beautiful animation they had and Beauty and the Beast, when it opened up, it didn't feel as pretty as Little Mermaid did with the waves and everything. Yeah. And maybe that's just kind of the scenery they created. But there's still such a, I don't know, like a a non-refined cleanliness to it that I am not don't get with current style animation. Well, with and, this one, they used um, 
the CAPS um, computer animated production system, which um, it was uh, it was only the second one to use. Um, the first one was uh, the Rescuers Down Under. Oh, that but, was a good movie. Um, yeah, it was. I was like, oh, I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> People forget that um, movie. That was a good movie. <laughs> it kind of added like that feeling of the special effects, where it's like the computer animation of like going around Beauty and the Beast in the ballroom dance scene, and um, and with the um, like it, it really added depth uh, to Mrs. Potts' character. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just to say that again, it's, I, I still miss the old yeah. school animation. And I think, so, I can't remember, somebody even pointed out the last, um, old school Disney animated movie, I think they said was Home on the Range, which did not do well at all. I might have to double check, look that up, but it was like, I think I remember towards the end, I know that Brother Bear was one. Tarzan was probably the last well-received one, and then Home on the Range. So, and if you don't remember that one, then it's okay. <laughs> so. I was gonna say I'm trying to, I'm striking my brain trying to remember it. You but. won't remember it because I even had to look it up. I was like, huh. it, it exists. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so that's that's gonna be my my statement towards animation. Um, you want to hear me- something frightening? Hmm. Uh, the. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, it ended up being Robbie Benson doing the voice of, of um, the Beast, but somebody who actually auditioned for the part was Regis Philbin. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Nicolas Cage is to bring us all no, into Nicolas no, no, Cage no, no, territory, no. but I'm just like, I'm no, sorry, that's what? Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm sorry, what Regis Philbin? Yeah. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that bell, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> bell, is that your final answer? <laughs> R.I.P. Um, <laughs> I I am curious as to like his his singing voice, like what that would have sounded like, but still like. I mean, well, they, but they didn't always use the voice actors and actresses weren't always singing out. That's like, that's true. Like Mulan, like you had, and for both Mulan and Jasmine, you had the same singer who's um uh, Leah Salat. Sal- was oh, it also in Little Salat. Mermaid? Who was a different singer? I, I think can't I can't remember. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. So that's it's, true. It's not always like that. I mean, yeah, we've come to a stage where. The um, like say Mandy Moore does the voice of Rapunzel mm. in Tangled, and also obviously the singing voice because it's Mandy Moore. Um, it and is, Tim like, Burton used uh, used um, Danny Elfman, one of my favorite people. Oh, um, for, yeah, for Jack. Yeah, for a couple of his like singing characters. So yeah. Well, I, I want to believe that I read that the voice actor for Jack wouldn't sing, and I think he even said that. But uh-huh. I can't remember off the top of my head. So, but. Yeah, but there's definitely a very – you can – if you repay attention, it's like, yeah, there's kind of a different almost, like, pitch, I feel like, between talking Jack and singing Jack. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I'm going to keep thinking. Speaking of scenes, so the opening scene of this, there's a couple of things. First off, happiest goddamn man in the stocks ever. 
when she's walking through town and she's saying bonjour and they're all saying bonjour back. He's in the socks and he just tips his hat to her and goes bonjour. He's like bonjour. happiest goddamn man. <laughs> so well, one of the things that Maurice does is he drinks tea out of chip. <laughs> it's really kind of disturbing. Can I just say that? I, really I thought so too. I was just that like, suddenly. Wait, <laughs> he's drinking tea out of a, a and he's child. like your mustache tickles mommy like, <laughs> I'm like, not comfortable with this I need an yeah. adult <laughs> I was like, like I need an adult now <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. uh, like in the live action doesn't do that um, something they do something else and Maurice does not drink out of the small child cup so <laughs> which is not what it sounds like it sounds it's so much worse but also I was curious because um you know, well, this well, Cogsworth is talking to Maurice. He's also like turning Cogsworth his crank or on his clock, and I'm thinking, going, <laughs> what would that be in real life? Like, if he was like, yeah. like, what the fuck is he turning? Uh, that's not his crank. <laughs> that doesn't well, I guess turn it is. that way. <laughs> In a matter of speaking, um. yeah, I, I have I have some thoughts about Maurice's interaction with the uh, talking things, and that's yeah. again, I think one of the reasons why I like the live action is Maurice's reaction to the random, uh, like inanimate objects talking to him was a lot more real. Whereas Maurice in this one's like, oh, he is really fucking chill for these household objects talking. It was like, oh, this is normal. I want to know how yeah. this shit works. Like, you're an inventor, but there's a limit to how much you should understand how this fucking works. <laughs> He should probably be screaming off the, at the top of his lungs. Yes. Well, one surprise. I didn't realize Jerry Orbach voiced Lemire. Yeah. That was kind of, that was like one of, yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Cause you know, um, I always loved Jerry Orbach in Law and Order. And that's kind of how I was so used to hearing his voice to hear him kind of do a bastardized version of a French accent, of course. But yeah, I guess at least put in an effort to at least indicate that he is, in France, where this is supposed to be taking place. And to also be the only one who, except for in the opening scene of Bonjour, is the only one who actually uses French words. I mean, there's a no, character the named Bimbet, right? I mean, like, or two, I think they, they call Bimbet. <laughs> yeah, they're the Bimbets, the the three girls uh, and stuff. Which, by the way, one of the, um, one of the, at least one or two of the three girls was, um, Voiced by the actress who was, um, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was the actress for, um, or the voice actress for, um, um, shit. The bus driver in South Park. Oh. The one okay. who unfortunately, um, um, who, uh, sadly, uh, commits suicide. But yeah, she hmm. was, she was that voice actress. So I was like, really? Especially when you deal with that, shut down and shut up. Like to be instead of the, Aww. one of the bimbets and everything where it's, nice and sweet and sing-songy and stuff so yeah it's um it, it, it's yeah just random little tidbits but yeah jerry orbach using a bastardized french accent but at least his character actually was using french words i was it's not i noticed midway through yeah. when um i i think he actually says like uh you know i mean basic you know french um you know um, exclamation, you know, phrases, but still, it was like, at least there was an effort there. Everybody else is like, whatever our accent is, is working for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it's, I, I had a couple of those. So I was like, oh, I didn't realize this. And I have, I have other questions that uh, came up in this. 
and this could be for both the animated and the live action. Why does the beast want a prisoner? Like, yeah. I mean, like, like, even if, like, in live action, it's because Marie steals a rose. In this case, it's because he trespassed. But, like, I mean, unless you literally are just going to, I don't know, let him, like, starve to death in prison, it's just more trouble Mm -hmm. for you. Like, just kick him out. Like, make sure he doesn't talk. Or, I don't know. It's like, I I just, just questions. Questions I had. It's like it. it, Okay, so I mean, it goes back to the original version of the story, which is kind of long, so I'll condense it. But um, it was written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve, um, and published in 1740, um, where a widower merchant with six sons and six daughters. must have had a great marriage. Um, <laughs> sorry, it makes me think of a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he falls upon hard times um, because his uh, he's a merchant and his uh, fleet uh, is um, uh, like is caught in a tempest and uh, they they've all sunk. And so now his family is forced to live in poverty and actually work for a living. And um, his youngest daughter, Beauty, is like um, like her siblings think she's just this moron because she's trying to bright side everything and be like, hey, you know, it's OK. It's it really living in, in poverty is fun. <laughs> But um, sometime later, the merchant hears that uh, one of the ships in the um, the trade ships actually um, survived the tempest. And so he's like, oh, shit, we're going to be living the high life again. And so he sets out to uh, get the goods from that ship. Um, and by the time, oh, uh, so he asks all his, his children, uh, what would you like while I'm out? Um, what, 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 what do you want from Diddy? And Belle says, I, (laughs) beauty says, I would like, uh, I don't want any gift, Diddy. Your love is enough. And he says, now, come on, you, you've got to choose something. And or else I'm just going to get something for you anyway. And so she says, OK, I want a I want a rose. I just a single why is, rose. Why is, why is your little why does your daughter sound like an elderly woman? Can I just I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, oh, Diddy. Oh, Diddy. I certainly would I love a little rose. To producers, you're talking to Max Yalestock <laughs> and trying to seduce him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our Mel Brooks fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he he sets out, um, but he he when he arrives at the port, he finds out that <laughs> his um, all his creditors have taken the ship over and basically seized everything on it to pay off of off his debts. And up to this point, it's like, yeah, really. Um, it's very much uh, keeping with that um, that theme of a court of thorns and roses, where like yeah, you can. Is, and that was her inspiration was the idea yeah. of the expanded idea of Beauty and the Beast. So yes, another series we should probably cover at some point in the magic uses realm. I wouldn't so. mind that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, 
but I, I did have opinions about the men. But um, anyway, <laughs> so, we all had opinions um, about the men and, and just the relationships of how yes. these relationships are built. <laughs> yes. Which Sarah um, J. Moss, are you OK? I think this should basically be the title <laughs> episode of all of them. Miss Moss, yeah, are you OK? Um, Link Check twice. out our, our episodes on uh Throne on of Glass. yeah Throne of Glass for that because we we do go into that but um anywho so um you know he's basically having to go home empty handed but um there's like he's on his way home he gets lost in a storm and so he uh takes shelter in a castle that he finds uh, along the way home and um it seems to be abandoned and empty so but uh there's like there's a lot of food and drinks uh that are on the table that look like they're just set up for a guest and um yep, he, totally normal to eat that food yeah, I mean, that's what I would think. Like, this is okay. kind of like the live action as well. This is where the live action kind of picked up to that similar idea where yeah, it's it like comes there's nobody in, here, looks um, mm-hmm. just fresh food out. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like, you know what? I want this castle to be mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what he does because, um, there seems to be nobody there, although there's fresh food and drink on the table. So he decides that it's going to be his castle now and he's going to move his children there. And so he, he sets out to tell his children the good news and that they're moving on up. Um, but on his way That's out, the East side, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's castle deluxe castle. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, my goal in life is to make you laugh or to catch you off guard. And I think I succeeded. <laughs> it works. Uh, but, on the way out, he sees this uh, beautiful rose garden and he's like, all oh, right, I promised Belle um, a single rose. And if that's, you know, like all the other kids wanted unreasonable shit, like, did he? I want a pony. Um, but he is like, at least I can get Belle, our beauty, these, uh, the rose. So he picks the most beautiful one that he could find. And he starts to to uh, pick more, but then Feast comes out and he's like, dude, this is my fucking garden. After all of the hospitality I gave you, I, I gave you food, shelter for the night. I gave you drink and you're going to steal one of my prized possessions. What the hell? Um, so then. The merchant's like, oh, shit. Um, so I thought it was empty. Take my oh, daughter. <laughs> yeah. And so he says that, you know, he he only meant to, to keep his promise to his daughter, bringing back the the uh, single beautiful rose. Um, and the, the beast says, OK, I'll tell you what, I'll let you go as long as you promise to bring one of your daughters back to take your place. And for some reason, I'm going to imprison her. Um, and the beast even like sends him out with, um, with money and riches and clothes and fine, fine things. Um, so when the re- merchant returns home and he tells his kids like what happened, the sons, they want to go to the castle and, and kill beast. And the older daughters are like, hell no, I, I ain't going. Um, like, like this is, uh, this is beauty's fault. She's the one who asked for the rose. She should go. And, um, protective older brothers, asshole sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Disney movie. Um, 
<laughs> but the um anyway the the merchant talks out of talks the boys out of going to the castle um but i uh, need strong boys to stay behind <laughs> yeah i guess so but um but beauty was like you know what i i i should go and it like you know i i want i don't want him coming for you so uh she decides to to go back to the beast or go to the beast and um he's very kind and welcoming to her um he gives her a life of luxury and um after really getting to know him she realizes he's not really a beast and um so every night at dinner he asks her to marry him and every night she says no um, she starts dreaming of a handsome prince and she falls in love with, with her dream prince. And, um, <laughs> even though a fairy, uh, appears to beauty and tells her not to judge the beast by his appearance, uh, beauty refuses the beast proposal and, uh, she believes as you do that the, that her dream prince is actually real and uh he's being held captive by the beast and uh so she she's like looking for her prince but she never finds him and one day she's just like she becomes really really homesick and she she begs him to let her go home and um he's he says okay that's fine but it makes her promise to come back in two months so she's back at home with her family and her sisters see how fine like um her she's been living how uh luxurious uh she's been living and all the the fine things that she's had and um they start getting jelly and her brothers don't trust the beast and she lets them them and her dad talk her into staying past the two months that she promised to. But then she starts envisioning the beast dying alone. And so she feels pretty shitty about it. And she returns back to the castle uh, to find that he is dying. And she then realizes that she loves him. Uh, she resuscitates him from water uh, with water from a nearby spring. And that night she finally agrees to marry him. Uh, the next night she wakes up next to him and finds out that he's transformed into her dream prince. So, um, yeah, that's basically the story. Uh, they're married and um, the prince in, uh, tells her uh, that his father died when he was young. His mother had to wage war to defend his uh, kingdom. And the queen left him in the care of an evil fairy who tried to seduce him when he became an adult. And when he refused, uh, she was like, well, to hell with you then and turned him into a beast. So uh, only by finding true love, despite his ugliness as the beast, uh, would the uh, curse be broken. So I feel like I've read like a bunch of different versions of Beauty and the Beast and all of them take like what they like from that. Version. I just read a, um, uh, a um, it's oh God, it's like somewhere nearby, but there's a manga version by one of my favorite uh, manga art authors who did Angel Sanctuary, she did her own version of Beauty and the Beast. And she actually takes the um, idea of the woman who wanted to um, marry the prince. And when he was like, uh, no, and she was like, well, fuck you. And then 
turned him into a beast and everything. So yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah I've, I've heard different versions of like, yeah, I've, I've also heard the story of like, yeah, she's um, the father's a merchant traveling, takes a rose. And um, then there's like, um, I will say there is an erotic tale of beauty and the beast. And um, I bet kind there of, is. Oh no, there is. I've read it. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, they, she even took, she lifted parts from that within the erotic tale as well, including the um, uh, siblings who are just sort of like, well, wait a second, you may have only had to sleep with him a couple nights, but look at what you've come back with. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I was chosen to sleep with him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, I could be down with bestiality as long as I got some pearls. <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna say, I mean, you're, it's not, you're, you're far from kind of the truth on how they saw it, but yes, it, there was then later on a mob rose up and be like, how dare he be de- deflower this woman who chose to go here to get money for her family and that. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Anyway, so, but, um, so yes, I guess the answer to it is, but I mean, for at least the crime that Maurice committed in the movie, it's a little bit like, why, why keep a prisoner? It's just yeah. more work for you than anything else. Like, um, and during this time, by the way, Gaston, my God, is he awful in this one? <laughs> he is just an awful, awful character. And it's, oh, I've read a lot of this down. Um, he says, "Well, it's about time you got your head out of those books." And <laughs> I, I don't know how it ends because I put into my lap. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, but he also just, says it's not right for a woman to read. Soon she starts getting ideas and thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Soon she'll want to have input, Sinclair. That you do not want a female to have input <laughs> when they make money. Sorry, dinosaur reference. Of, uh, oh God, yeah. Yeah, when she get when when Earl's wife gets a job Aww. like that, when she brings home money, she's gonna want input. You don't yet want your female to have input, Sinclair. <laughs> oh, it's uh, been so long. Oh, I, I rewatch that every so often on Disney Channel as well. Welcome to. to the things that I cycle through a few times just to entertain myself. Um, but yeah, no, just. Just him about to assault Belle in her house before she, like, opens up the door. And it's like, everybody just treats him like he's, like, the best. And I've seen people write about, you know, how awful Gaston is as a villain. It's like, it's not like he's mm. horrible or magically. Like, he's basically an ex- a version of what exists in real life and still does exist in real life. Yeah. You know, where, like, people love him. And the one girl who's like, uh, no, I don't like him. They look at her as if she's insane. They gaslight the shit out of her, being like, well, why don't you yes. like him? It's like, he likes you, and he's so handsome. It's like, because he's a tool tool. And it's like, but he's so handsome. I'm like, tool? Handsome. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> tool. <laughs> actually, almost rapist, <laughs> considering yes. what happened at the house. So, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and he's definitely like a men first sort of <laughs> guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. But um I do have some questions also about Gaston and um 
again, not I, I, another reason why I like the live action version. I like, um, I like, um, um, oh God, the, Luke Evans. I want to say mm-hmm. the actor's name. I love his portrayal of Gaston. I mean, it's just so fucking funny along with, uh, Josh Gad as LeFou. And it's only because yes, of that one yeah. scene where, um, you know, Gaston's about to lose his temper and LeFou goes, I was like, think of the, think, think of the war. Go back to the war. You're the widows. He's like, yes, widows. Goes, yes, that's the widows. So you give him a little bit of a background that sounds really fucked up and clearly is, but it's because he's a he's a fucked up dude in general. So, but I do have some questions, and it, it never gets answered in any of these versions. And it's oh. about the tavern. Right, <laughs> it was Luke Evans, but um, and it had Dan Stevens as the Beast, and I I love Dan Stevens. He's from um. He's from Downton uh, Abbey. Downton Abbey. Uh, Trust me, my mom would not stop talking about that. I've never <laughs> seen Downton Abbey. But my mom's like, oh, my God, he can sing and he sings that well. Oh, like, yeah. She was all impressed with the Beast in live action. For her. She's like, wow, he has a really deep voice. You don't think you should come out of him? Like, Mom, I have no idea who the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. I never yeah, watched Downton um, Abbey. He's from Downton Abbey. He's also from Legion. He was the main character in that. And um, he's been in a few things. He's He's a phenomenal actor. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's and it's clear that he is. It's just, yeah. I had no frame reference to him. It's just my mom, like, you know, like gushing over, like, oh my god, he's from Down Snappy, and he does. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, uh, hey, I, I I'm like down with your mom, this. man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but in, in this, I, I have a question about Gaston, the tavern. I want to know, does Gaston own the tavern, um, or is he like a draw? Like, does he get a commission for being there because? Hmm. I I don't know. Like I'm trying to imagine him as a business person and owning a tavern. It's like how the fuck did he get yeah. a chance to own a tavern? If he did own a tavern, it's like does he do like is he like a like I say is he like a a draw? Like they invite him there to show off his antlers and everything and his kills and <laughs> like you know he just gets to drink for free and eat eggs for free. Which I did the math <laughs> on the eggs, by the way. I did the fucking oh, math no. on the eggs. <laughs> okay. so Gaston should okay Um, one egg on average is about 75 calories with 6 grams of protein four dozen eggs is about 3,600 calories with about 288 grams of protein five dozen is about 4,500 calories and that's 360 grams of protein so first off just the calorie count alone is insane if you know how much calories you should honestly eat on a given day but that is a shit ton of excess protein so I don't think Gaston has had a good dump in a while and most likely has <laughs> kidney stones based off of if that is how many eggs he's eating in a day on top of whatever else he might actually be eating. And I do not think he is lifting enough to justify that because just two grams of pro. Okay. I have I seriously like, uh, I went on a health street. Like I paused the app. I paused the movie and I started doing massive calculations. <laughs> so um, in his, like, I think that when I calculated, like, um, you know, the two grams of protein, the upper limit for protein consumption, like per uh, like one kilogram, like he needs to at least weigh like close to 400 pounds to justify eating that much protein. Yeah, yeah welcome to I got bored and did math <laughs> after I read that. Like, wait, hold on. I got I got to check something here. <laughs> but he's also unusually good at expectorating. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't expect to rate that much protein out of your body. 
I do love that song. Um, that is a really catchy ass song, though. <laughs> yeah, so, it is. Yeah, and, and um, actually, a lot of them were given uh, recognition because, uh, well, Beauty and the Beast was the first animated film uh, to be nominated for a Best Picture uh, award at the uh, Academy Awards. And uh, well, wasn't but, wasn't that the reason why they then created an animated? Award for the Academy because I don't think there was one. I, I, I want to say that that was the reason why we now have an best animation at the Academy Awards was because the other people kind of started freaking out going like, well, you can't have an animated movie be a best picture. Like, let's create this new category we can shove it into because, you well, know, I, there's... I don't know because there have been uh, other... Um, other animated movies since then. I think the next one was um but was it not were they nominated for best picture like for the actual like top honors Oscar? That was best picture yeah well no i mean like the after beauty and the beast like have the other ones afterwards been nominated for best? yeah um i think the next one was up or toy story i think it was up yeah i would check to see because i i can't i I feel like that was a reason they created the best animation category was because they were trying to also, they, they were like, yeah, it's a great movie, but we're trying to avoid that in the future. Oh, um, I don't think so because it looks like the, the first animated, um, Oh no, you're right. Oh no, no, that's best picture Oscar. Um, no, it says it, it, I looked up first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, and I got Shrek oh. in 2002. So okay, so yeah, they they did have a best. Okay, so they, I just I felt like that was talked about for a while. Was the reason why uh-huh. they have a Best Animated category now was because of the nomination that Beauty and the Beast got. I don't think it stopped all animations from being nominated, but mm. I I feel like that was like the reason when that category got started. Was yeah, for of... some reason, it looks like it wasn't started until 2002. I okay. mean, you would think it would be earlier than that, but I, I guess not. Yeah, it's it, I, to me, I, I've been trying to argue this, especially when it comes to, say, like a lot of um, maybe not for um, full on animation quality, um, though some of them are very beautiful. But I always think that, um, you know, especially with Japan and anime is they have discovered a way to tell stories in animation form that are really good stories and I think need to be recognized, but they never seem to get as much recognition as they deserve because they're animated. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies obviously mm. is um, something that I think about first. And then of course there's principal, a lot of studio Ghibli movies, obviously. Mm. Um, but even some of the TV shows that they come up with, some of them are just good stories, but they never seem to get the same recognition because it's like, Oh, it's, it's animated. It's, yeah, you know, like why? Well, I feel we... like it's the same thing with with comedy. For the longest time, it was hard for like a, a comedian to win like best actor mm-hmm. or best actress. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I never... feel it. Oh yeah, and I was just thinking, like, I mean, I remember like there was always the talk about how I think it was both Tom Hanks and obviously and Robin Williams when they stepped away from the comedy roles they were known for originally to mm-hmm. became, did serious roles. Uh, I think Dead Poets Society for Robert Williams yeah. and Philadelphia for Tom Hanks. Cause I think originally they were mainly known for their comedy work. Um, well, even just Joan Cusack was nominated for, um, 
her acting in In and Out. Oh with, yeah, uh, Kevin Klein, and it was sad because like she's so goddamn amazing, but you knew that she wasn't gonna win because it was a comedy, mm-hmm. and it shown off she didn't win. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would also argue that I think that uh, the South Park animated movie deserves ah, yeah. the best music for the award, but it's like they, <laughs> they, I think that the Academy just looked at the law, the lyrics, and were just like, no, it's like, no, they, <laughs> they honestly designed that was probably one of the best musicals um, I have ever play, seen. They did play Blame Canada. <laughs> yeah, but even like, and Robin Williams sang it. Speaking of Robin yes, Williams, it's he, great. He performed it, and they just covered their mouths when they um, had to say the F word and stuff, and that was it. But, <laughs> that was, but it was like, yeah, which one do they sing that no, would have been appropriate? Like Trey Parker and Matt Stone both showed up in a J-Lo dress. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no, uh, uh, Trey Parker showed up as the J-Lo scarf dress, and uh, Matt Stone showed up in the Gwen Paltrow pink dress and everything. I think they even said that they were, oh. like, high on acid. <laughs> like. <laughs> I they dropped. Know. I think they said they. I think they said they dropped acid for that. So it's like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, they it, were. I think they were like, we're not going to be ex- doing any uh, any acceptance speeches. So yeah, let's it. just go out and do this. <laughs> Although they did, I think, because um, I think it was um, they lost to Phil Collins for Tarzan, and they yeah. spent a couple of. Uh, there are a couple episodes where they rip on Phil Collins, although to be fair, Phil and Collins now deserves to kind of be ripped on just because yeah. of, kind of who he Because he's yeah. kind of a dick. <laughs> he's kind of a dick. And that anyway. wasn't even that good of a song. But anyway, um, yeah. Beauty and the Beast also uh, won for best sound uh, and uh, best score. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, no, I, I don't think it won for best sound. It was just nominated, but it did win for best score and mm-hmm. best song. It won. Um, it, it was up against uh, the the title song won, but it was up against Bell and Be Our Guest. So um, yeah, they did pretty freaking okay. Oh yeah, no, it it was. I mean, this is why this was the golden age of. Um, Disney movies is, you know, because they had obviously the, um, like they had like their Snow Whites and their, um, and Peter Pan and Cinderella were obviously the beginning stages, but then they started to fall. Um, they had a lot of lackluster ones. Um, yeah. I think right after Pinocchio. I can't remember the age of the movie, so, but I think it was right around that time. And so suddenly, like, Little Mermaid and Definitely Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin just really caused them. Like, that's why this is called the either the Golden or Silver Age of, or the revival of the Disney movie. So. And it makes then, sense, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, they did a lot of really great stuff during this time. I think it was Little Mermaid, this, and then Aladdin, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it was the order was Little Mermaid, um, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, then The Lion King, which yeah. you want to talk about things that just blew people out of the water. That, yeah. um, and then, um, oh god, and and then came, um, Pocahontas, I think, right after that, and um, then things started to fall apart, <laughs> yeah. Followed by, but, I think after that was followed by uh, either Hunchback and then Mulan picked it back up. But yeah, it was kind of starting to wane at that point. So, but speaking oh, of the other Disney movies, there are um, the, the movies kind of bookmarked by um, 
re recycled, I guess, uh, scenes from other, uh, Disney movies. Um, the, the first scene opens up on, um, a scene of the, the castle through the woods and there's a deer and it, it kind of like, it turns its head. And that was the scene from Bambi. That's Bambi's mom. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's cast on the hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you be surprised? (laughs) I mean, that just, that would be perfect. (laughs) Gaston (laughs) is the reason for Bambi. (laughs) It's all, it's, it's shared universe. All Disney movies are in a shared universe. I have, I have figured out the, I have figured out the formula, everybody. <laughs> We're gonna find it. In but, the, in the, the tavern, they just needed to like, to pan over and you would have seen like her mounted head. <laughs> Make it oh, orphans. That's dark. Um, but well, the, I mean, um, I was going to say, like, I, I know that Disney was recycling scenes for a while because they were like, losing money. Like, there are scenes, if you look at uh, Sword and Stone and Jungle Book and uh, Robin Hood, um, there are a lot of... Um, God, I loved Robin Hood. Oh, I did, too. But, I, okay, so here's something to watch. Go watch Robin Hood. Watch um, the scene where they're singing... Um, um, uh, the Prince John's appointed King of England and the dancing between uh, Little John and um, uh, what's his name? Maid Marian's um, um, Clucky. Uh, the dancing oh. between that and then go and watch the Jungle Book and watch I Want to Be Like You oh, and Baloo yeah. and the exact same movements. And then there's also a scene where Mowgli hmm. is um, also the like his movement um, whichever one came first. Uh, Mowgli and um, Arthur um, from Sword of the Stone are literally like the animation is exactly mute. It's because um, of saving money on the cells. You know, they just had to animate over the right. characters. Yes, it's you'll you actually notice these things. I remember noticing that as a little kid and it was just like, oh, they just really like this dance move. <laughs> but it's like, no, there's a reason for that. And it was when like Disney was really losing money. So, wow. Yeah, so yeah, recycle animation, but I don't think that was the case in this one. But at the same time, reduce, reuse. (laughs) You can close the loop, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, the uh, final scene that they kind of recycled was uh, actually they retraced that uh, scene of with the couple dancing at the end after the curse has been broken and uh it's the the prince no longer the beast and uh bell adam. dancing and yeah, adam hey, let's be fair a lot of the princes <laughs> don't like get names adam. until we look it up later so that's, that's- true um, but yeah, he, they're dancing at the end and that was actually retraced from, uh, the wedding scene in, uh, of the couple dancing in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Pink. I guess waste oh, not blue. one not. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. but so anyway, one of the things, um, cause I, I, I'd like to point these weird things out. Um, little weirdies. So, um, let's talk about real quick about Mrs. Potts, who's Angela Lansbury's character. Again, beautiful voice, absolutely like she made this character her own. I have a couple questions though about Mrs. Potts. 
Okay. And one of them is, um, cause she's clearly the mother of Chip. I think they did her dirty because, um, at least with Emma Thompson in the live action one, she looked like she was the right age to be the mother of a young boy yes. that was Chip's age. In the end of this, they made Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts look like she should actually be Chip's grandmother. Yes, like I, looked, I thought that too. It's like, wait, why? How is she her his Chip's mother? But apparently, it's because they they Chip wasn't originally supposed to be. Um, the, the character, like a big character. He was, uh, I think they were, for comic relief, they were going to have a, a music box. And apparently you see the music box like in one of the scenes later, but, um, the dejected music box is like, I could have yeah. been big. <laughs> I should have been someone. <laughs> but instead they went with Chip because they were, just, I, I, I think there was just like a scene that made them go, wow, that was, that was really, that was cute. And we liked it. So they kept it in. They like, they boosted Chip. But I, I thought that, too, while watching it. And I guess that's the reason, because the Chip wasn't originally supposed to be a big character. Well, is that also the reason why he's supposed to go into the cupboard with all of his other brothers and sisters? Because that's a lot of fucking teacups if Mrs. Potts is his oh, mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Where's his dad? <laughs> but did she give all those teacups? <laughs> there was a lot of fucking teacups in that cabinet. Okay, I'm sorry, but god but damn, she like, doesn't like she doesn't like hang out with the other girls. <laughs> Look, every like, parent has a favorite child. I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. She we don't have like to rub to talk in all the other kids' faces. <laughs> He's the one who gets to lead the cover, oh. or they're all chip and shit. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh. Also, I was I was also kind of disappointed when um, Mrs. Potts, who I'm assuming is a ceramic thing, was she jumped onto the top of a burning stove. I'm like, okay, one yeah. question, one statement on how you make tea. No, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's <laughs> she not will, how it works. She would crack. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, have have the animators never made tea? Like, no, that's the answer. Use a microwave? What that tells me is no, they have not ever had tea. They are living off coffee. <laughs> like, this is how you make tea, right? You put the porcelain uh, jar on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tea you heat it? It's called a teapot, right? So, <laughs> tea pot? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, oh. and uh, like little other things that I want to point out. So first off, the asylum voice actor, um, the asylum owner, the voice actor is the same voice actor who does Judge Claude Frollo. Um, because his voice like really cute, uh, clued in when he's talking to Gaston. I was like, why does that voice sound really freaking familiar? And he is, um, I had, oh, God damn, I should have looked it up in his name, but he does, he did a lot of voice animation stuff. He also did the voice of Anubis and Gargoyles for the one episode oh. there. So yeah, he's, but he did a lot of like background, not even background, but like, you know, minor characters, a lot of Disney animated stuff. So yeah, mm. he's well known. He passed away, um, a little bit ago, but yeah, it's, he's very, yeah, he was, um, 
he was just very like it's I love character actors. I love character actors and voice actors who do like a lot of stuff. You just you just sit there and go like, yeah, I recognize that voice, but it's like Allison Janney. I love her so much. I God, she's just amazing. Every so often I'll watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. (laughs) Yes. You know, Carlo has never seen it. And so I. What's uh, wrong with you not showing that to Carlo? Well, okay. So here's the thing. Like I, I just, I decided I'm a hoarder. So I, I tried to get rid a lot of a lot of the, the DVDs I had. And that one was hard to get rid of, but I figured like, well, it's got to be streaming everywhere. Um, no, it's so not. I learned that lesson the hard way. It's too. not fucking streaming anywhere. And so like, I, I was lucky because I told like my brother and I were talking about it and I, I told him how I couldn't find it anywhere. And I like a, a an idiot gave it away to the, the goodwill. <laughs> and luckily he had, uh, he had a, a, a DVD of it. And so we watched it. And so I, I fixed that situation. I was just oh, like, good. you have to see this because it's, it's brilliant. And it's so quotable. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> Me too. It's just so fucking amazing. Like I in fact I just quoted it earlier today where I was recording Cage's Kiss with the boys and uh nobody introduced themselves. So I was like, Who are you? Who are you? It's a little mm-hmm. game we play. Who are you? <laughs> She's skinny, Amber, not death. <laughs> death. Jesus <laughs> I think like, what I love about that movie the most is Becky Lehman's the only one who just like Denise. I don't know if it was Denise Richards' choice or the um, creator's choice, but she's the only one who does not have the uh, northern Minnesotan accent like everybody else's. <laughs> and she's just like, no, I'm gonna use my regular voice. Oh, and also, it's his, his name is Tony J. He was also Sheer Khan in the Tailspin animated show, oh. which was a really great show, by the way. Like yes, again, it was. This, this was also during this was also during the same time of the. Um, of the golden age of Disney movies as well. They also had a really great, like, Saturday morning offer, like, DuckTales and Rescue Rangers and um, Tailspin. Like, just around this time, like, they were just on fire. And then... And Darkwing Duck. Oh, God, I've been rewatching every show since Darkwing Duck. I love Darkwing Duck. Um, <laughs> Me too. He was the Grim Reaper. Tony J was also the voice of the Grim Reaper in Duckwing Duck. So yeah, he's oh. he's been all over the freaking place um when it comes to a lot of the Disney TV shows and stuff. So he's yeah, he oh. was very well known. He passed away um uh in 2006, unfortunately. So um yeah, and it was after a surgery that um sounds like something happened. Um, they were moving a uh, non-cancerous tumor from his lungs, but unfortunately afterwards he became critically ill. So he passed away months after the surgery. So it's an unfortunate thing. But yeah, he's he was so well known. The fact that his voice is kind of like sprung out. I was like, again, it's like such a small minor role and so evil sounding. That's I was like, I know I've heard that voice before. And I was like, oh, nope, there it is. There it is. That's where I heard it from. So... And speaking of which, this also had uh, Kimmy Robertson doing mm-hmm. uh, the voice for the Feather Duster. Oh. <laughs> it's like the the uh, stereotypical like uh, sexy maid who's mm-hmm. like the Feather Duster. But uh, Kimmy Robertson was from Twin Peaks. She was the, um, the secretary for the the police department, police office. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, it, well, a couple of things that I thought was kind of funny in the animated Lucy. version. Oh, uh-huh. oh okay. <laughs> Sorry. Was, um, was... Well, first off, like, I, I find it strange. I think that maybe this was like a mannerism thing that I just wanted to have him do. But the fact that the prince forgets how to use a spoon. <laughs> yeah. I saw that was strange. It's like, yeah, it's I been a while. If he just sits there and goes like, "Well, I'm a beast," and acts like a beast, but then it's like when he's using a spoon, it's like, "Okay, I'm sure you remember how to use a spoon." It's like, really? <laughs> Did you always eat like this as a child as well before you returned to a beast? And then, well, okay, I guess he's been living for a while on his own. He's just like, "Fuck it, why bother?" Well, not on his own. I mean, he's had talking. Well, and true. Adamant okay, and, you know, but, like he didn't care too much about what they thought, so he's just like. Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into this beast thing. True. <laughs> and one of the I want to say something about LeFou. LeFou is goddamn devoted because like he left Gaston left LeFou outside of the home of Maurice during like when winter started to come in. Um, and in the end, of course, it's like this cute little like joke. It's like oh haha, LeFou's like a snowman and everything. Um, he should be dead. Obviously, he disguises himself as a snowman and <laughs> comes out like looking blue as shit. So now I have a new theory on LeFou. I think LeFou is a figment of Gaston's imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and the people praising him I are mean, part of his delusions. The only reason that I think LeFou survived cold covered in snow. Like he like the egg and the eggs have caused him to like his brain to just like. Like all that over, like I'm probably about fuck with his brain chemistry. Like people aren't really praising him; they just like kind of too see many him eggs. <laughs> yes. Hey, I like eggs, not uh, that much. <laughs> now I want to so, go back and see if anybody else acknowledges Lafou. <laughs> I think they do. I because they they do like pick him up and like throw him. But again, all again, all the people as well praising him are also figments of his. Like they're not figments, but he just. Their delusions. So when he sees LeFou, he's like saying, like, oh, look, all these people are picking him up and, like, you know, helping him cheer for me and everything. Because the only reason that explains how LeFou survived that cold covered in snow. <laughs> that is my theory on LeFou. <laughs> because he should be dead. <laughs> I'll buy it. That's my final theory that I just want to present for this movie that I had questions on after I watched this in a long time. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yes. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to my. Th- so yes, Gaston killed Bambi's mom, and also he is delusional. And <laughs> yeah, I I I buy it. <laughs> See, there you go. I knew I could convince you. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I bet you'd be really happy to learn that uh, that Tony J mm-hmm. was also in an episode of the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I'm seriously waiting for you to go. Like he also was the was the. No, I I, I have to look deeper to find that. But um, <laughs> but he um. I haven't found a, a, a Nicolas Cage connection yet, but um, I'll like give it time. I'm sure you will. <laughs> but yeah, you got me interested in him. So I was looking at a, his uh, entry in IMDb, and there's this picture of him, and I was like, "That's the Golden Girls' bedroom." <laughs> <laughs> I 
her uh, living room. And I was like, that's got to be. So I did a search for Golden. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm right. <laughs> of course, it's a Golden Girls living room. I like how, like, um, my recognition of him was first, like, I've heard him in other things before. And yours is Golden Girls. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I that's what my first tattoo really should be. It should just be the Golden Girls, like all of them, or yeah. Like I mean, I, I I'll, I'll help you come with ideas. I can't help you design it, but I help you come with ideas on how cool we can make this look. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, my other idea was uh, to have a skinny version of me in like a um a what do you call it like a um an uh, a chain chain link uh sort of like bikini with holding uh holding up a sword to the the lightning <laughs> wearing a viking hat <laughs> for some reason like my brain when you said a skinnier version of you i was like are you going to try to reverse dorian gray yourself <laughs> My brain went in Maybe. different dark places because, like, I want to put an ink version of Skinner. Like, I want to put that dream version, and then what's going to happen is the mm-hmm. tattoo is going to age, and I'm not. You see, like, I, I've been going on, I'm on keto right now, so um, I will get skinnier, but that tattoo's going to get fatter and it's going to get older. <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to be. It's just going to be a a really fat version of me holding up a sword. (laughs) I don't know why my brain went in that direction, but I was like, why would you tattoo yourself on your body unless you want to be Dorian Gray? Was how my brain worked itself out. I was like, I don't know why I did that, but I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Clearly, clearly that's how things work. (laughs) This way that my brain works. So do you feel like we've covered this? Oh, yeah, I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've been I mean, kind of going for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's uh, on top of also pausing to change diaper and everything true, else. True. But, I mean, it's a movie that a lot of people know, a lot of people obviously love. I know that the debates, obviously, between the anime and live action is very ongoing, and I don't get involved in those for the most part. I, I have I have my own opinions about the um, live action versions um, in general. Um, versus the anime, there's some that I'm looking forward to being live action. There are others I don't get it. <clears throat> Lion King. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I can't even say that with a lot of certainty because I didn't see it, but I also didn't see the point in it. It's not, just it's not like you got yeah. animals to actually talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. You know, I think the reason why Jungle Book works so well is at least you have like a human anchor to be that anchor right. for the CGI animals and make it work versus At like this entire book did have uh, John Oliver in it. So the <laughs> oh, no, Lion King, Lion King had John Oliver. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Zazu. Yes. I was like, who was he in fucking Jungle Book? I mean, he had Bill Murray as Baloo in Jungle Book. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> was um, it Idris Elba also Shere Khan? Hell yeah, he was. Was it? Am I misremembering that, though? There were two different Jungle Book movies that came out about the same time. Um, He was in one of them. Okay. Like, I'm not, like, completely off my rocker on that one. Um, But, yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, 
I don't mind them. I know a lot of people are just so like, oh, like, how dare they? Just like, yes, it's a cash grab. I get it. Like, they're yeah. trying to find a way to make money. Guess what? That's every single goddamn company out there. And Disney right now basically owns everything. I mean, Disney like, they, is they, kind of evil. I mean, it definitely has evil roots um, and greedy roots. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just another fucking movie I, industry. So. Oh, yeah. Well, or I mean, even, like, company. right now, like, people are having the debates of, you know, like, with, I mean, I, I don't plan on seeing it, but the sequel to Avatar, it's like, it was like, well, like, oh, it's making all the money. Oh, it must be man. great. And it was like, it's such an awful, like, the original movie sucked because of the, like, yeah, and that's, I'm usually falling into that category of the, of the original movie wasn't that great, except for visually it could be pretty, but it's basically like Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves. I'm of that category. Yeah. So I don't care to see the sequel. But at the same time, like, you know who the winner is? It doesn't matter if, like, you know, like, oh, like, this one outgrossed all these Marvel movies. Like, you know who wins in all this category? Fucking Disney. Disney yeah. owns Avatar. Disney owns Marvel. Disney owns Star Wars. You know who's winning? Fucking Disney. It's okay. Fucking Disney, yeah. They're doing okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I so, feel you. So, yeah, like, the live action, like, okay, yeah, go ahead, complain. You know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not, you know. Um, I have my own feelings about Mulan as well. Was something where that was one of my favorite animated ones, but I also have issues with the animated the one. one. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's different. It's very different from the. They definitely try to appeal more to the Chinese roots of the story, while still unfortunately over westernizing it. Um, it's like I knew what they were trying to do based off of the story and everything, but it's like yeah, you guys, it's, you westernized Chinese roots suddenly. So yay. Go you. It didn't do well either way. <laughs> so. well, we, sh- we should cover Princess and the Frog at some point, but um Well, we should also cover the live action Mulan because it actually does have a witch in it. Strangely okay. enough. Yeah, but and and even then, but there are things I could say like, yes, the live action did better than the animated version. Even though I love the anime, it's my favorite Disney movie. So I I I can be honest about these things. It's like, yeah, it's so to me it's like yes I, I enjoyed watching this again I obviously now have an adult sense you know similar to when we wa- we watched Little Mermaid and I'm like okay King Triton not a great dad but he does make some points you are still a child <laughs> at the age of 16 yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kind of wish they would have like made him more of like a human American dad where he like, she's going around with the shells, uh, shell bra. And he'd be like, cover your chest. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to live action. Little mermaid. I think I that it's going to be very interesting. I think that the only one that they can't, you know, replace is Ursula because, um, yeah, I mean, talk about an amazing fucking character, <laughs> you know? So Aww. it's like, and, you know, you can love Melissa McCarthy all you want, but it's like, you no, know, you can't beat that performance. You I know? do love her, but um, I know that Lizzo was, uh, I, I had auditioned for it too, and I would have Ooh. loved to have seen that. And like, I, I've seen her singing uh, Poor Unfortunate Soul. It's fucking amazing. And even Melissa McCarthy was like, wait, how did I get this over you? <laughs> At least she recognizes, which is amazing, because a lot of them are just like, hey, I got it. It's like, no, it's talent. Recognize the talent. Yeah. Yeah, And, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat. But, again, it's going to be hard, in my opinion, to beat the original, because it's probably one of the best animated Broadway performances of a song you could ever have. That's how I see 
Poor Unfortunate Souls animated Ursula doing. It's like, it's it's so amazing. But it's like, you know what? I also still look forward to this. I think it's going to be interesting. I How they've sometimes, with the from the animated to the live actions, how they've expanded some of the characters has actually been, um, you know, I, I think refreshing. You know, I, yeah. I would like it that if they are going to do this live action Little Mermaid, if they actually give Ursula a fucking background. <laughs> it's like, she's the one villain who I wish they would do a live action villain movie for. <laughs> so it's and there like, are all those piss babies out there being like, oh, but the, the Little Mermaid's not supposed to be black. <laughs> it's like, she's a fucking maid. Like, what, like she's part fish. So should she be pale? Like see through? What do you like? No, what you should do is show them the original concept of what a mermaid should look like and go like, you really want to go down this route? You want to go down this route? We're gonna go with your 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 uh, opinion. You win. Let's go with the original. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna have fins everywhere. Don't ask about the, where oh. the gills are and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess we should uh, release these poor listeners. Uh, please listen, subscribe, rate, and review Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and all the other podcast platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts because it helps us immensely. Uh, remember, you can find us on Twitter at Broomflicks, and you can write to us at Broomflicks at gmail.com, and check out our show at BedNubsAndBroomflicks.com. There you can also check out Videorama and Cage's Kiss. Uh, last but not least, if you'd like to help support us and a local bookstore while purchasing a book or movie, please purchase through our affiliate page at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash Room flicks. That's B R O O M F L I C K S. Um, remember, we've got the links at the end. Nah. Um, I guess uh, where could the people find you, Jane? Well, you can find me ready to pose for my mother feeding child statue that will be featured in all of your local gardening supplies later. <laughs> gardening like, decor. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go for like a candy dish or something yeah. like. No, 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 I gotta go big. Garden decor. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, put a gnome, I, you can put a gnome next to me at this point, so yes. <laughs> you can find me uh, breaking into Jane's house and uh, stealing her baby, all uh, raising Arizona-like. <laughs> I just love him so much. I've been sending her pictures of him in cute little hats, so yes, it's it's very it's hard. Like she's asking me to kidnap her child. <laughs> Look, I had to put the fox hat on him and then say, what does the fox say? Okay. I was like, nope, too perfect. See, people, see. <laughs> I'd like to thank Doug Walters and Redwire Blackwire for allowing us to use their song Compass. And next episode, we are continuing with um, the Tenth Kingdom, the cringe the cringing. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. Yeah, it's not the cringiest. Yeah, I still think the cringiest was her singing, you know. Uh, we will share you. 
Yeah, we will cheer you. Although I did just remember a very cringy moment that's coming up again. I'm just like, I can't tell Linda about it because, oh, my God, it's it's really bad. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. Oh, I can see. I, but speaking of which, I just watched uh, The Birdcage again with Diane Weiss, and oh god, I love her in that oh, movie so she's, much. She's fucking amazing too. She's adorable in that movie. I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with up against Gene Hackman as like the two yes. ultra conservative um, parents and everything to this young woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Anyways. Anyway. Okay. Yep. So, so. Uh, I guess until then, what's that got to do with my knob? I mean, is this an animated talking knob? Obviously, it sings. <laughs> oh, is it like the knob from Alice in Wonderland? Is this like our next connection? Or like that was the one that didn't get turned back into a human and he ended up in the Alice in Wonderland thing. And so now he gets his like <laughs> face grabbed by like young girls. Oh my god, that sounded really gross what I just said out loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, Maybe Alice was a child, okay? <laughs> we would just like to apologize for <laughs> My brain tends to wander. Yeah.